What's going on, everybody? Motorcycle Dad with Tito here. Hope everybody had a good weekend, got some riding in. I know I did. I'm going to cover that in the third segment today. Um, today's going to be a pretty quick one as far as for me on, you know, me running my suck by myself because yesterday I had the privilege, had uh, digging on. We're in the garage just shooting the shit, drinking a beer after the ride. So we got some pretty good stuff. Uh, I don't drink a lot these days, so you put two 805s in me and I'm pretty decent. So you're going to hear some pretty funny stuff. It's about 46 minutes of just us sitting around talking shit, random just shit, whatever you want to hear. So um, this segment, I'm going to go ahead and cover motorcycle news, the big news of Monday. Um, And then uh, we'll go into me and Dagan shit talking. And then my last segment, and we'll go from there, okay? So, started off, guys, motorcycle news, all right? The big news of today, and I've been, I've been waiting for this myself personally, Triumph, uh, the new 2020 Street Trouble RS, okay? Because they kept, they, they their social media fucking is great, because had me on toes. I was like, damn, dude, I worked at the dealer for a year and some changes of director, and I'm like, yeah, man, this must be so exciting, Womp womp. I was pretty disappointed. Um, and I'll tell you why. There, there's a couple new features for this year, but 2020 is the year of motorcycle tender. And this is why I'll say this. I don't even know. I'm just making this shit up off the top of my head. I'll be honest with you. It's not even in my notes. Um, but here it is. This new 765 motor that Triumph developed and came out with. Okay has been in play already for two years. They dropped the 2017 with the new 765 motor. They took a two-year, three-year hiatus from making the Daytona, which is the full fairing version of the Street Triple. It's the one you'll see in Moto2 a lot of times. I mean, the Daytona is really popular amongst its fans. It's kind of like Victory guys, like, you know, you don't really know about them too much, but then they pop up and they're fanatics. the 675 motor is the same one that I had in my 2014 Street Triple, and it had been ran, running previously in Moto2 as well. For any of you that don't know, you hear MotoGP, MotoGP, MotoGP. Well, there's different levels of Moto classes. Of course, where you see Valentino Rossi and uh, you know Mark Marquez, who just won his eighth title. Fucking ridiculous, by the way. I'll touch on that later. Um, but. You're seeing those guys, they're at the Grand Prix, the top level. Well, the next tier down is Moto2. And you're gonna see a lot of great riders because it's just a great motor, great platform to run on for them. And it's pretty much, you know, you gotta be a fucking good rider because it is the official motor for every race team on Moto2 is the new 765 motor. Now, this is gonna be the first year, I think this past season was the first year they had the 765 motor in Moto2 because it was a brand new motor, trying to design it, blah, 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 all the PR shit they sent us with flyers and all that stuff, okay? But this new 2020 Street Triple RS, because there's different levels, RS is the top version you can get, is literally no fucking different from the past two years. And the reason why I say motorcycle tender because it's like, Triumph trying to forget that they developed a new fucking Street Triple for two years, and then they're like, oh, look, we got this new sexy shit, which, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, it is fucking beautiful. For me, I think it's sexy as shit. I think they they made it a little bit more aggressive. Uh, the headlights are nicer, cool daytime running lights, all the fucking shebang-a-bang little feature dingling things on there to make you be like, ooh, ah, you know, all that shit. But it's like the same motor, the same standards of level, same price point pretty much, as the past two years. So really they just changed the, the cosmetics a little bit. And I think they added a little bit more uh, electronic features when it comes to like, uh, I think it like comes with five riders modes instead of three, a little bit more trash control and ABS control as well. A uh, little bit more independent. It's still, they're still with the base models, the R models, they're still coming with showy suspension. Like mine has showy suspension. The RS model that's like, two, three grand more, of course, you get O-leans, you get all this shit, so they didn't even show a picture of the TFT display, because the TFT display hasn't changed for the past three years, so I thought that was funny, but they were focusing on all the quintessentials, now, um, one thing I'll say is, quick shifter is now up and down in gearing, so you can quick shift up and down, which 
I have a quick shifter on my R. Mine is Street Triple R. And I can tell you right now, I love, love, love. I always thought, oh, quick shifter, stupid. Fuck that. I fucking love it. It's like ABS. ABS, everybody's like, ooh, ABS is gay. You can't feel nothing or whatever the fuck they wanted to say back then. And now everybody fucking loves ABS. ABS has saved my life. So it's like, I appreciate the technology upgrades there with the quick shifter and some of the T, you know, some of the trash control. And it's like, they got GoPro control and, you know, Bluetooth link up so you can see all that shit. None of that shit has changed since 2017. They literally just changed the headlights, the body styling, still the same frame. Uh, same fucking motor, I guess, because this is the year that they decided, you know, this is the first year in Moto2, they decided to piggyback off of, which I'm telling you right now, look, when you're looking at price point, your other competitor is the Yamaha. I'm a Yamaha fan through and through, guys. I fucking love Yamaha. Always have been, always will. But there's something about a Triumph, I would say, that it is it has stolen my heart a little bit. And I think that I'll let them keep doing what they're doing with some of their shit. And I, I would consider probably maybe possibly picking up a 2020. Now, the good news is, for any of you guys in the market for a street triple, I would just suggest trying to go for a 2019 because with the incentives that Triumph has in play, and Triumph has really, really good incentives, not just for employees, but when they're trying to get rid of models, they give really good incentives to people where you can save a G or two, which is not bad at all when you're looking at the cost of a bike. So I would look at trying to pick up one of the new, or the 2019 or 2018 RSs that are still left on your local dealer's floor first. Um, you're really not getting, if they got an RS on the floor, you're probably going to pick it up for three grand less than what they're asking for the new RS, the 2020. And the only thing you're missing out on is a little bit different styling in the headlight. And that's pretty much it. Like you're not missing out on anything else. You know, you still, the baseline model you're looking at is around what? Nine grand, 10 grand, depending on what they bolt on there, you know, on the floor and all that bullshit and all the accessories you get. The RS model is still up there. I mean, you're still at $11,311 out the door after you convert it over from Euro. Um, and you're probably going to end up around 12, 13 with a couple accessories here and there. I wouldn't suggest getting the exhaust. Uh, coming from a dealer standpoint, I fucking hated the exhaust. I looked at the new exhaust that they have this year. The only difference is they're not in collaboration with Aero exhaust anymore. So it doesn't have the arrow because it was like, oh, it's in a Triumph exhaust coming in a Triumph box and it was an arrow exhaust. Literally had the label on it. Well, now Triumph has gone to, we're going to make this and put Triumph on it. And that's what they did. It's like even on the carbon fiber end cap on the exhaust. And let me tell you right now, that shit's garbage. Uh, <laughs> everybody we put one on, they fucking, if it wasn't on the bike already on the floor, people didn't buy it. Like it was... When they change over to the 765, they put this fucking ugly ass canister. It's it's just ridiculous. You can find a better exhaust. I would go with a Delcovec. It's a UK based company, anyways. And, you know, they work with Triumph a little bit here and there. So I, I digress. Back to it. You're looking at 13, maybe 14 out the door after fucking taxes and all that bullshit, you know, dealer fees and such. When you could probably pick up one, you know, a fucking older model for 911 with the RS, which is the top of the line. Like they even were trying to rip, oh, we got Olean suspension. Well, you put Olean suspension on the 2017, 18 and 19 fucking RS. It goes in different levels in bike that you buy. That's the only difference. So it's no different. Cosmetics, I'm still a fan. I think the 765 motor is a fucking beast. I love the street triple. For me, if you're trying to find that medium between riding on the street and riding on the track, as far as for a naked, it's a fucking phenomenal bike. I still plan on owning Yamahas in my near future. I just don't know if I'll own another, I don't know if I'll buy a, a, a naked, I mean, you know, or, or a sport naked Yamaha, the MT-07 or whatever. I don't, I don't know if that's in, in my cards because for some reason I have always been a fan of Triumph in a small way. And that started from one of my buddies in the Marine Corps that we used to ride with him. He rode a Daytona and I was like, what the fuck is a Triumph Daytona? and started looking into it. That was when I was a squid on the scene and I was learning. And I just kind of been a, been a fan of them because they do a good bridge of the old and then what they should be, you know, in the future. And they do a good blend of that. Um, sometimes they make it hard on themselves because the name, they plan on it selling so much that, I mean, 
when you look at other bikes in the class, like the Speed Triple, I'd never buy a Speed Triple. I'd never. Not when you have a fucking S1000XR out there or single R. You know, like, why would I go and buy a Speed Triple when for the same amount of money, if not maybe a little bit less, I can just get a, a single R and I think that's a better bike. But that's for another day, okay? So that's the big news from Triumph. My recommendation is try to go for your 2018s and 2019RS street triple models because it's still got the new 765 motor it still comes with all the bells and whistles that the new shit comes with it's just that you're not getting the more aggressive headlight the more aggressive little body styling but i'll be honest with you i think it still stays in tradition with the normal street triple you'll be able to look at your street triple and know it's like yeah i got a street triple and still newer than the last generation of the 675 than what i have and still i think this bike's a beast i went out yesterday with the boys we had a ton of fun, but I'll cover that in the last segment. All right, guys. So next guy coming up, it was a rant between me and Dagan. Like you said, pardon. I had a couple 805s already at that point. And ask anybody, I don't fucking drink a lot anymore these days. But after a nice ride and, you know, we went out to Pioneer Saloon and shit, it was just like, okay, it's, yeah, no, it's beer time. So um, guys, take a listen and uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, we're recording now. It's Tito and Dagan here, sitting in the beat laboratory, aka the garage. About to crack these fucking 805s, crack this beer. Got the Millennium Falcon to help us out. I don't know, I was kind of disappointed with this bottle opener. I thought it was going to be better. Bitch ass bottle opener. Well, this hunk of junk fucking opens beer still. <laughs> it's still good. I mean, it does its job. It does its job, just like the real Millennium Falcon. <laughs> So, we're just sitting here in the garage. Dagan's been watching me uh, do some rattle can ninja shit. So, last night, I don't know if anybody saw my post on Facebook, Instagram, wherever the fuck. Uh, I've been procrastinating on doing my fucking Harley because it needs so much shit. Like, forks, which at the time I thought, no, it didn't need forks. I'm just upgrading the fluid in it, meaning it's got like 53,000 miles on the bike. Probably never been done like most fucking Harleys. And then I uh, come to find out I didn't have any fork oil or barely any in there. And the shit that was in there looked like fucking Annie C's sludge. So I picked this opportunity since I got everything apart to wrinkle black coat my bottom forks and the beer cans or the fork tubes at the top. And also I'm putting in progressive uh, fucking high performance spring and fucking high performance fork oil and all that bullshit. So Dagan has been watching me since we got back, but what we do? We went to dude. That was a nice little ride out to fucking Pioneer. Yeah, yeah. No, we uh, we left Eagle Rider, and for some reason, fucking <laughs> clown troop showed up behind. Bro, us. what the fuck? Yeah, we should. Yeah, because like out of nowhere, I was like in the middle of geeking out. I was like sitting there like like dancing or some shit because there was something playing in my headphones. Yeah, and I was like. I look back and I see like a bunch of fucking lights and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who's all this? Because I was only Dude, looking for there, you. There was like eight or nine dudes all on a mixture of sport bikes and adventure bikes that mm. just showed up just like magically behind you, me, and Tony. The dude that was in Lee was on that fucking crazy ass Yamaha. That Yamaha oh, with the, the fucking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was on, yeah, he was on that thing. Yeah, I was blown away. I was like, whoa, that's a trip. Yeah, it was a trip. I've never seen one on the road yet. I've seen it all. Of course, I've seen the pictures of it on the road, but, you know, it don't mean nothing unless you see one riding. <laughs> you know? And I remember, was it Tony? Goddamn fucking let the army lead the way. Who? Dude. Fucking Rangers lead the way all the way. The exact opposite direction where we were going. I was like, because he fucking took off past me. I was like, get it. But, I thought it was blocking the lane. But to his. To his. The sneezing. Uh, to his uh, credit. He was obliterating the inside of his windscreen, like just sneezing up. Yeah, I didn't realize he was sneezing that hard. Yeah, and that like, was because like all that shit that was flying around gun over at Igor. Yeah, Tommy Gun Tony. What's the top <laughs> fucking Tommy Gun? Tony two times, two times. <laughs> well, shit, dude, fucking yeah, because over at Eagle Rider they had all that fucking shit blowing around. That's one of the things I always hated about working back there. That fucking back alleyway is a funnel for shit. Like, dude, this stuff comes from blocks away. Dude, so yeah, it's not like you hay? could be like... Where the fuck the hay come from? Because you go to the end of the block. Guess what? There's a fucking feed supply store because there's a bunch of goddamn horses around there and shit. That's what, that's what that killed area. Tony. 
Yeah. No, but I was like, but he flew past me, and I was like, okay, so he knows where he's going. And I was like, wait a minute, you're going to Salt Lake City, bro. And then he was like, I saw him, like, doing something. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then he got hard on the brakes. Yeah, then he got hard on the brakes. And then, was it, we turned off, and I was just slowing down. And the Clown Brigade, the fucking Payaso Club, they fucking passed us. Mm. And then I looked up, and Tody was with them. I was like, dude, what the fuck? So I, like, sped up, and I was like, and got over. And the next thing you know, we we ended up in the group, and that's when I turned around and shrugged my shoulder, like, "What the fuck? How did we end up with these guys?" <laughs> and then they were doing like seventy two, and I was just like, "Hell nah!" The to the nah nah, I was like, "That's why I was like, when you see me do this shit, oh, yeah. it means like, yo, let's drop the hammer, bro. Let's just yeah. fucking, I'm, I'm doing the arm pump motion." Yeah, I saw that. Arm pump, arm let's pump. Like, yeah, go. that's hubba hubba honcho. That's fucking y'all nah, man. <laughs> let's fucking, we gotta hurry up. Let's right? pull this shit going. Tighten the train up. But that was a pretty good run. It was a lot of fucking traffic leaving. Holy fucking shit, dude. Usually you can get it. Coming back. Yeah, coming back, I didn't think it was going to be too bad. But we waited until like early afternoon when a lot of people were coming back from California. Surprisingly windy. Bro, fuck, dude. On the way back? I, dude, didn't, even, I didn't even want to do 100. Dude, I, I, was, I was chilling at like 90, 95 going, dear God. I did hit 123 with Tony, though. On the well, way there, dude, I hit almost one thirty. Cause we had we had the back to we had the wind to our backs. Yeah, dude, when you took off, I was trying to, and then I saw Tony take off, and then I took off, dude. We were easily doing buck thirty. Well, let me ask you, cause I've never ridden with you like that before. We did the adventure ride, and I'm always in a domesticated, a more supervisory position where I had to like, like lay, you know, lay that not lay the hammer down, like. I have to be responsible because the company has insurance. <laughs> how is it? Like, I mean, honestly, how was it riding with me? Would you expect me to do some of the shit that I was doing? Yes and no. Okay. Like you being a former higher up managerial and a dad, nine times out of ten, you're like, guys, let's think about this. Let's be smart. Let's not be stupid. But then, you know, a short, quick, just shoot down the freeway, hang out, have some lunch, and you get a little spare time away from the kid, and you're just yeah. like, all right, cool, rip it, and you're just like, pew, gone. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I've never ridden with Tony like that either. Now, I've gone hard with Tony on baggers, but that's that's a totally different thing. When you're going hard on a bagger, 100 miles an hour can be hard. You know, and that's still that's pretty good. If you're if you're cruising at 100 and you're getting it through traffic, that's pretty good. I've done that with Tony and Brian. Now I've never ridden sport bike, sport bike with them where it's like, okay, well, that's not my top off. Sorry guys, this 805 is delicious. I hope to get sponsored one day. Shout outs to my hometown, Paso Robles, California. 805. Yo, 805 is like the bee's knees out here, because dude, on the East Coast we got Yingling. Well, dude, 805 in. Two years became the most sold beer in all of California. Really? Because, dude, when I was living started in San Diego, I never even fucking heard of it. Firestone Brewery started off. Okay. This beer was called the Honey Blonde Ale. Didn't sell for shit. Because it had a pinup girl on the front. No one thought any shit. They were like, oh, girl beer. Change it to 805. Make it kind of a in-between sexes kind of design on it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's everybody's go-to choice of beer for any form of motorcycle event. I mean, it's pretty good. Like, it, even though it's 4.7, it's smooth. Like, I could sit here and drink a couple of them, not feel guilty. Like, oh, man, I'm fucking obliterated. Yeah, you don't... Like, chilling. No, it's, it's a chill getting, beer. I you're like not it. getting punched in the face with hops, either. It's, well, you know me. It's I rather just a fun. nice, clean beer. You know, for for you people that are going to judge, I live in a fucking state where recreational cannabis is legal. That's right. I use the proper terminology, motherfuckers. So most of the time, <laughs> I smoke dope. That's what I say to make the old people feel better about being old. It's like, yeah, I smoke dope or smoke grass. <laughs> well, dude, the shit they were smoking back then was fucking garbage. So it's like, it was grass, bro. You know, so it's like, man, this shit now, it gets you all fucked up. It makes me feel all, it's like major pain. Makes me feel all funny on the inside. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, because I smoke like I smoke butter with people from back home. I smoke green, and they're just like, "Man, what the fuck, man?" It's like, well, it's because you motherfuckers got them fucking back country ass fucking middle swap. <laughs> Dude, 
fucking shit. Where'd you find that? Like, <laughs> so funny story. One time, me and my best friend. I'll leave names out of this because it's pretty funny. It was when I first got out of the Marine Corps. I went on this little cross country trip where I was like, I ain't doing shit. I just spent fucking goddamn five years fucking deployed, doing deployments and shit away from my home. I went around for like two months and I just couch surf, like stay with friends. Like I came back out to San Diego. I stayed a week with my homies in San Diego, stayed some time with some friends in LA, came to Vegas in between, all sorts of shit. Okay. And ended up back home with my best friend. And of course, by this time, it was an inconvenience because I just started smoking weed again. I just got off the service. So I was smoking bud. And I remember we had to go. And growing up where I'm from, dude, there's levels of country. When you get to that small, like, no markings on the road, people try to give instructions by, like, yeah, you're going to see that fucking house on there, make a left type shit. Dude, that's where I grew up at. So here it is. We wanted to score some bud. And, like, that's a mission and a half in fucking old fucking Smithfield, Virginia. You know, you're in the fucking Commonwealth, you're in the South, yeah. and you're in the fucking country. The odds are not in your favor to find decent camp, but, dude. Not unless you stumble upon some hidden fucking forest out there. Well, we stumble <laughs> upon some hidden fucking forest, oh, dude, and we fucking found a person and found a person that hooked us up with a guy. <laughs> they got us some straight crippy. All right, and this shit was loud as fuck. For you uh, ethnically challenged folk that don't know what loud is, Loudest terminology to use for very fragrant or aromatic cannabis. Alright, so shit that's fucking real like, god damn, you smell that shit fucking two blocks away. That shit is loud. Like, hey. Just had to put that out there because my wife didn't even know what that meant for the longest time. <laughs> so here it is. Next stop is to get blunt wraps. White grape white house. <laughs> and we stopped at the 7-Eleven. And apparently the 7-Eleven just got robbed. <laughs> Oh, we walked shit. in, bro. We pulled up, and it was fucking cops there. And, like, local small town, you know, sometimes you want to know. Like, they're yeah. the fucking kind of cops, right? And it was just funny because, like, I was already kind of high a little bit. Yeah. And I walked in, and I was like, well, obviously I'm not buying blunt wraps now, so I have to buy some other bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and bought, like, a couple, like, Arizona teas or some shit. I think it was, like, Arnold Palmer's or something. Yeah. It's some snacks. It was like, yeah. And then when I was walking out of the door, I paid for my shit. I was walking out of the door. He was like, hey, hey, you. I was like, oh, fuck. He was like, can you do me a favor? Can you walk back? I just got to check. He wanted to check when the surveillance camera picked up the person walking to the door. Uh, I was like, okay. oh, okay. I was like, yo, is that it? He was like, yeah, that's it. My homeboy's in the rental car freaking the fuck out. Because these cop, most of the cops knew him already. He'd been yeah. arrested a couple times and shit, dude. And I'm like, dude, we went to the fucking, we went to down the street. We didn't fucking stop. We're like, all right, man, we're going to play real cool. Let's get the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> and we stopped at the fucking spot down Royal Farms, I think it is. Yeah, we stopped at Royal Farms, picked up Blunts and went back. Picked up Blunts and Chicken. So it ended up working out in our favor. Blunts and Chicken. Nice. But that was some backwoods country shit no markings on the road like do you get to a point where it's like the road's like almost yeah that's one like yeah like the part of california where i'm from is there are certain parts where good luck fucking finding a sign it's asphalt that weaves through rolling hills and oak trees you're more likely to run into a a boar or a deer than you are a human shit that's funny back in spiffle you're more likely to run across a hog or deer right (laughs) fuck dude but it's also within 30 minutes of one of the biggest, like, pot schools in all of California. You have Humboldt, and then the next one, Cal Poly. Wow. San Luis Obispo. Dude, everybody is high. Just just bloodshot, red eyes all day long, every day. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Yep. Yeah, you wake up, grab grab yourself a breakfast burrito and a coffee, go down to the beach, wake and bake, and then proceed with your day. (laughs) Speaking of beach breakfast, you just remind me of something. So when you're getting out of service, you'll have a a chance that you maybe have a cool staff and CO. Yeah. I had a cool staff and CO that was just like, dude, just go and take care of your shit. You know, fucking call me. To make sure I know you're alive so I can put you on the mustard. That's all I give a fuck about. I was like, all right. So I started this tradition. On Fridays, I would go to Del Mar Beach. 
Now, nice. Del Mar Beach is right on base, and it doesn't require any. You don't have to leave base to get there. It's like a little fucking bridge that crosses over the five. Yeah, and we'll so, walk, walk yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can drive out there. And Del Mar is just cool to hang out at anyways because it's like one of the only beaches in San Diego County that you're allowed legally to drink on. Yeah. People drink all the time, but still, on the beach itself. Because you're on a military base, you know, fucking guys with life and people all day. Police yourself, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I started this thing where I go down there, I get breakfast, and I go down there because I had an 04 Mitsubishi Eclipse Spider. Dude, you were rolling in hot. Bro, I came in. <laughs> I remember in, those things, dude. Dude, I came in. It was the four-banger. It wasn't the V6. Oh, you didn't have the V6? I didn't have the V6. Oh, I had the four-banger. No. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> dog. Yeah, on that last corporate budget, I'm, I'm lucky enough I didn't. I wasn't dumb enough to buy a fucking Mustang or some shit. Right. I was lucky I got off of the Eclipse. Oh, that's funny. Either way. But I had that car was fucking badass for California, dude. Like, oh yeah, it was the perfect SoCal car. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Everybody lose the true car. Fuck that, dude. dude you beat all, the shit out of it. Beat the shit out of it. Cheap on gas. Yeah. Ride around all day with the top down, not giving a fuck. Yeah. Like feeling like a it boss. It was great. Well, I used to go down there. I put the top down and I sit there and eat breakfast. So the first time I went, there's like schoolhouses and units. A lot of schoolhouses and shit, they have a tendency when you're in some sort of training, Marine Corps-wise, they always run a PFT, a physical fitness test, every week. And Friday is always the day of the week you run a PFT. No, mm-hmm. more than likely. You know, that's that's the day they always, you know, you always run them. Rather, you're running it for school or in your unit. Yeah. So, I was sitting there, and I see one Marine one run by really fast. I'm like, oh, dude, somebody out here getting it? Get it, dog, yeah. Like, I'm out there listening to Revolution. Overachiever. Sitting there eating my sandwich <laughs> with coffee, just sitting there chilling. Sun's right, like dude, it's just, the beach is right there, bro. Like I'm literally parked. Yeah, I'm it's just gorgeous. <laughs> and I saw another person. I was like, oh. and then I realized these motherfuckers were running a PFT because I just see like fucking like ten marines go by, five marines go by, ten marines go by. Yeah. Like, Damn, dude, that's kind of fucked up. I'm just gonna sit here and eat McDonald's. I'm just sitting here eating McDonald's. The, these motherfuckers are literally running in front of my car, bro. Yeah. Like. Running by, because I'm parked in, like, the very front spot of the parking lot facing the beach. Yeah. So, I started a tradition. Every Friday, I would go and get breakfast and fucking sit there while these motherfuckers ran a PFT, bro. <laughs> and I'd be, like, sitting there kicking it, like, yo, I ain't got shit to do. Like, uh, you know, I've already checked out, uh, blah, blah, blah. I was on my way out of the Marine Corps. I had a pretty good getting out of the Marine Corps experience. And it was funny, because one of my boys, Phil, Stu, he was the other NCO in the shop. Mm-hmm. One time I was like, hey, bitch, what are you doing? I knew they weren't doing shit. They yeah. had nothing going on. He's like, no, we're not doing anything. They got it. I was like, can you get away for like an hour and a half? Like, yeah, I can make that happen. Sorry. Because like staff sergeant was at some training or some bullshit. He was good to leave for an hour and a half. It was that perfect window. Yeah. I was like, all right, man, I'm going to come by when I call. And it was funny because our, our shop was right there at the fence. So as I drove by, I was like, stay away. Get your ass out of here, bitch. I was like, come on, bro. Get out of here. Hey. And then I called him. Comes to the turnstile, he fucking just hopped in, fucking over the fucking didn't even over the door, just yeah, hopped in. Yeah, he just dukes the hazard. Yeah, dukes the hazard that shit because they have the top down already. <laughs> fucking pulled out. He's like, "Where the fuck are we going, bro?" Because I was heading towards the front gate. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about it, bro. He's like, "Well, I mean, Cammy, so if we leave base, we can't leave base, motherfucker." I'm like, "No, we're not even leaving base. Trust me." Go to me. I was like, "You eating breakfast yet?" He's like, "Yeah," but I was like, "Yeah." Stu, Stu was always down to eat again. Yeah. Like, I think the happiest I ever saw this dude was he was eating breakfast pizza out in Iraq. And it was actually really good breakfast pizza. So don't judge. But still, like, so here it is. I was like, no, we're going to get some breakfast. What do you want? Once we drive through. He's like, dude, where the fuck are we going? We're going to the gate. The last turn off before you go out base is Del Mar. Turn right. He was like, oh, we're going to the beach. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Got revolution playing. We're just kicking in. Yeah. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Fucking heart and then you're sitting there eating just talking bullshit one marine runs by another marine runs by he's like oh shit what the fuck are they running a pft i was like yeah dude he's like oh my god dude he's like please don't he's like, you're such a fucking asshole is this what you've been doing every friday he's like you <laughs> you come out here and eat mcdonald's at the beach while these motherfuckers are running a pft i was like yeah dude <laughs> he was just like bro and here it is I've been thinking that you've been like fucking off fucking off and you've been like living life fucking off I'm like 
bro. I was like, work life balance, bro. Yeah, I was like, we'll go back to the shop. <laughs> there was so much shit that I did. Like, there was on base museums I ended up going to. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, bro. Like shit that you never have time for because you're busy working all the time. Yeah. Well, I finally had spare time on my hands. So I was like, because I was getting out. I was pretty much checking out. Yeah. No one really fucked with me. I had a really cool staff sergeant. It was like, look, dude, you're getting the fuck out. You need to worry about taking care of yourself and focus on getting out. Yeah. And that's the shit that I needed to do to get my head right to get out. But it was fun because. Yeah, otherwise you come back and you're like, fuck this. Yeah. It, but it was really fucking super funny because, like, my homeboy would hit me up and be like, yo, bro, where the fuck are you? I'm like, yo, dude, let's go to the seven-day store. That was the fucking guy. The fucking pretty much be like going to 7-Eleven. Ah, okay. We we would that was just slang we had on base for the corn the PX the little the little PX not yeah, like yeah. a big one yeah, yeah. like yo let's go to the seven day oh okay like yo let's go get some drinks to the seven day I was big in the naked juices back then because I was I was in really good shape back then so it was like oh okay you know you know yeah. foo foo shit that's what weights and protein shakes yeah pretty much bro yeah. that's all it was all day, weights protein shakes old man strength yeah just straight fucking <laughs> brute like eat crayon strength. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember my homeboy Lupe drove, and I was like, yo, bro, like, because the flight line was right there. It was like, yo, man, we can either go straight and go back through the gates and go through the flight line, or we could turn right and go to that mechanized museum that we've never been to because they had all these old tanks and shit. And it was like an old-ass fucking warehouse, and it was just open for you to go in there. It wasn't, like, curated or anything. It was, like, nobody in there. they open it, and at a certain time, the door would be shut. Yeah. And you leave little donations. And it was like, dude... We always drove by it and never stopped. And we fucking finally stopped there. And it was like, they had fucking like doom buggies from fucking Gulf War on the inside and shit. Like, we're like, what the fuck with turrets and shit? We're like fucking like, ah, like geeking out and being Dude. all stupid. It was pretty fucking sick. Climbing on old fucking Vietnam era tanks. That's cool. There was like, you're, there's nobody out there, dude. You just climb on them if you want. Yeah. So you're just like climbing on the turret. Yeah, you, when do you get to do that? Yeah, when do you get to do that? Like, never. So that's what we did. That's did, cool. I did a lot of fucking off. But I did like good fucking off. Not like, I'm gonna go back to my room and jack off and play PlayStation. Like, it's like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go to the beach. Basic. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was my getting out bullshit. That was some of the dumb shit we used to do over there. Well, I'd say that's a pretty good get out. Yeah, no, I, I had a pretty good fucking last few months. They, they didn't fuck with me too much. They said, because. I was the I was the most senior NCO in my shop, so I was like holding it down. Yeah. In between staff and CO, so he was kind of like, "Look, man, you're getting out. How many deployments you've done?" I was like, "Like seven. He's like, "Dude, you're done, dude. You're done. Just worry about getting the fuck out." Yeah. I actually I tried to extend, because that squadron two six eight was transitioning over to going back onto the Mew, onto the ship. Hmm. And I was the only Marine in that shop that had been on a boat. I think there was like there was maybe like four or five Marines in the entire unit that had even seen a ship in their career. Yeah. Because up until that point for the last decade, every fucking helo squadron on the West Coast for the most part were fucking goddamn they were dirt squadrons. Yeah. So that's all they did. They just went to Iraq, come back, go back to Iraq. That's all they knew. Hmm. So that was one of the things I tried to extend because I was like, well look. I, t- I told the career jammer, the career uh, recruiter, to try to keep me in. He's like, what would it take to keep you in? I'm like, yo, if I get somebody pregnant in the next six months. <laughs> I, t- I told poor Molly that shit straight to her face. She was just like, but that's how dedicated I was like, dude, I was ready to get out. But I looked at the staff and CEO, I looked at the shop, and I was like, look, man, I'd be willing to stick around for a couple more years. Yeah. But all the boats, all the spaces for my MOS for reenlistment were already full. Mm. They were like, well, there's a, a scapegoat around. You can extend your contract, but you have to have a deployment date. And these guys were more than 12 months out, so they didn't have a deployment date. Uh, so they were like, and they were like, the only chance you got is if I sold back, if I, instead of getting out two and a half months early, because yeah. I sell back my leave and get out early, they are like, unless you decide not to sell your leave and then stick around for a month or two to see if we get a date. But they're like, there ain't no guarantee. Yeah. And I was going to make way more fucking money selling my leave, like selling my leave out or taking my leave because they're going to have to pay me basic housing allowance. So I was like, dude, I'm going to make way more money. And I was like, fuck that. That's stupid. Hmm. And then I fucking hopped in my clips and drove cross country, dude. There you go. That's, and that's all she wrote. Fucking start working and going to MMI and working for Eagle Rider. And 
And then it all began. And then that's when all that shit began, dude. It was a lot of fucking around in between while I was going to MMI. I was a bad student, bro. Like, seriously, I, like, I always press my attendance to the max for every class. Because it, it, dude, when it's not, like, too much of a challenge for me, I was just like, oh, okay, well, I finished all my shit, got extra credit, got extra sign-offs, like, just still got two days left, bro. Like, as long as your GPA is good, that's all that matters. Yeah, I had a pretty good GPA. I wasn't a nerd nerd, but... Still, I average like 3.5, something like that. See, I'm the type that has almost uh, obsessive levels of interest when I get into things that I actually like. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I actually went and attended MMI, I'd be that kid that lived there. You'd be like my homeboy, I'd be sleeping under the bikes. I'd literally be there all day, every day. I... My homeboy Mike was Mike DeSantis. Oh, Mike D. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he was like that, bro. That motherfucker, student of the course, like five, six fucking times, perfect yeah. attendance. I mean, he still kicked it with the homies, no doubt. Yeah. But yo, that motherfucker was all about his school grind. Oh, yeah. Whereas me and my homeboy were like, yo, uh, yo, you want to go try to ride the longboard behind the R1? <laughs> <laughs> After we spoke to Blunt, like, yo, let's make this happen, bro. No, I got to study. All right. Dude, I, yeah, I, I would have been that kid. But still, we were always about bikes, though. That was well, yeah. another thing. It was like, even though we were like shitty students, it's always about the bikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you haven't had the street triple for too long, but what did you think of it today? Oh, we, did, we didn't really hit any corners. Bro, it's fun. I got to ride it more. Absolutely, I need to fucking ride more, period. Um, well, that's why you're working on the Harley. Yeah, I know. Because I, I want to get this bitch up and running. Because I'm... Dude, look, I love the best of both worlds. I love all of it. That's my problem, dude. Like, I love my fucking Harley for what it is. Especially because it's like, I ain't riding no bitch-ass Harley. So it's like, pfft. I love the Street Triple because it reminds me a lot of my first R6. Excuse me. And how comfortable I felt. Yeah. And how comfortable I felt pressing the limits. Like, today... Well, it's a very forgiving vehicle. Yeah, it is. what it is. Today, I didn't go too hard. Like, on the way there, I was getting it, but I I pulled back because I'm the type of person you ask any of my homeboys, like my homeboy Santee that I used to ride with, any of my boys from, like, back in the service that we rode with each other, you get to that point where you get to know which way they're thinking. Because there was, like, a couple times today we were on the way over to Pioneer Mm -hmm. that, like, I was telling Tony, like, usually in that case, it's like, bro, there is no leader. It's like, yeah, there's somebody in front, and that's the role you got to play in that position. Yeah. But, like, it's like, yo, bro, you have the hole. Shoot right. And I would try to signal him. I'd be like, yo, bro, yeah. shoot yeah. fucking right, bro, and I'll follow behind you. Yeah. But well, there has like, to be a fluidity to it. Yeah, and, like, most of my homies that I've ridden with, that's the level of fluidity that we have. Like, my homeboy Chris and, you know, out in South Carolina, there have been a couple situations where we were splitting lanes and shit, and I knew, it's like, I didn't even see him. And I was like, oh, I know he's going left, so I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Well, to Tony's credit, he's he's former counterintelligence, so he thinks about 80 different possibilities all going through his head. He's very methodical. But no, I'm not even going to jump, but it's like we haven't ridden together to get that fluidity. Yeah. And like once he, and I'm going to talk to him about it when, he, when we see him later and be like, look, dude, next time me and you are riding together, shoot left. But I'm still getting used to that, too, because it was really weird for me to have to look back. Because I'm used to riding club formation. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, Tony only does 1,500 to 2,000 miles a year. Now. Yeah, nowadays. Nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was telling me today, he was like, yeah, dude, uh, I've only done like 1,500 miles this year. And I'm like, well, I mean, change the oil at least once a year. Like, (laughs) I I know you don't ride too often, but I mean. Dude, guess what? It just means, like, while the weather's still good, I don't give a fuck, dude. When it gets cold, I'll ride in the cold. I don't give a fuck. Dude, I'm riding it's the, the heat. I'm riding yeah. in the cold, dude. I got heated grips. Like, dude, the heat, like, high heat, sort of. No, fuck of that, bro. Fuck it. I'm sorry. Dude. You cook, the, bro. <laughs> the, shortly after me and Erica had moved to Vegas from California, Brian and me went on a ride. It was, like, 115. I'm like, Brian, where the fuck are we going to ride? Where I don't hate life. And he's like, just follow me, man. We went up to Charleston. It was 72 degrees. Yeah. It was amazing. And yeah, down here in Vegas during summertime, hell no. Screw that. Well, that's that. that's different. Mount Charleston, though. 
I'll I'll make a day out of that. Yeah. Because we'll go up Lee Canyon or some shit, come back down Cow Canyon, yep. double back or some shit. Yeah, cross have over lunch. the mountain a couple times. Yeah, yeah. have lunch, get a nice flow going. I can see that. But yeah, during the summer, hell no. And, I mean, the only thing you're missing from your little bike collection here is just an adventure bike. The, the, you got a cruiser, you got a, virtually the exact same thing as a sport bike. I need to get back to my roots though, bro. I need to get back to the Yamaha. The, the, the Yami? The, the, yeah, the Yamaha is what got me into the sport in the first place. I got to stay true. I got to stay true to, to fucking uh, to Monster, Monster Racing. Valentino. The doctor? The doc, I got to stay true to the doctor. That's my <laughs> first love. Dude, my 05 R6, I fucking love that bike. It was so phenomenal. And that's why I like that because the, the torque factor in it reminds me a lot of that 05 R6. Ooh. And my comfort level, but I don't feel like because I I can never do, I can never do a full sport bike again. Being hunched over like that, nah, screw that. I dude, it's my fucking back is shot. I can't fuck with that shit. See, but this puts me in the perfect position where it's like, I feel perfectly comfortable, dude. See, I loved the MV when I had it, but that seating position is absolutely atrocious. Ooh ooh, I said I was gonna talk to you about the MV, but hold on, we'll we'll touch base on that. I want to get the seven six five, street triple, the new yo the new street triple, the new one, the new fucking I don't know. They haven't, they haven't even shown pictures. They just show the headlights well, turning on. That's yeah, that's it. it, right? Yeah, for the new street triple for yeah, fucking yeah. twenty. But I still I even fucking I tried to ask Dave when I was up there. You were like, well, I was like, yeah. I was like, hey man, like what's up, dog? What's up with that fucking street triple? Like, y'all ain't. Y- you don't have no inside scoop, bro. What the fuck, <laughs> what's up? I'm like, no, no I don't nobody know. over there. Is no, no, Dad, they don't know shit. No. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, <laughs> we can go on for like an hour. That, that's that. another yeah, rabbit yeah. hole, fucking Johnny Ravioli ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, but like, dude, it's all over right now, and it's gonna be tomorrow that they debut. So now they're not changing. They just put a new fucking motor, so they're well, not dude, changing. The motor out of Moto Two is supposed to be screaming. Like the Moto Two motor was making one hundred seventy five horse. The, hold on, the Moto2... Oh, that's a Moto2 motor. Okay. Moto2, 765cc, was belting out 180 before any form of race team did their own exhaust or own tune or anything that's like that. That's fucking crazy, bro. Out of, out of a less than a 700, less than an 800. Uh, I think I will want to upgrade to the 765. I want to give them a couple more years to work out some bugs. Cause I wanna, I wanna let it to get one season of Moto Two to see what all the fucking corks are, and that's fucking well, that fucking new, brand new seven six five motor. Af- well, the same with that, the S one thousand. Anything with a shift cam. You got crankcases cracking. You got ECU failures. You, you got trannies blowing out. Like, ooh, I was surprised to learn about fucking beam. Like, dude, every fucking bike is gonna have a recall. Every single bike but the R nine T. For why? Because of ECU and or shift cam, dude. They made too many adjustments, didn't do enough R&D, and now they're having a backtrack. See? See? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. I always say that bullshit. Harley's done it. It's like, learn from the mistakes. The German's supposed to know better. Well, that's the thing is, the reason they're going with the R9T is because they get to use old product. Oh, fuck. But then gain a shit ton of new customers because their old customers are dying off. So throw the tried and true air oil cooled boxer twin in a fucking every bike. It's the same frame, same motor, same everything, same tune. Just change the styling and charge a different price for each one. It's like the R six S all over again. Exactly. They learn from their they learn from that their partners in the Put a different fork on the front and call it a cheaper version and Bro. Cause I had so many people who were like, Oh no, it's a R six S. Like, no. Oh five it was R six. 06, they decided to make it an S because they had all the spare shit left around yeah. to make bikes for still what? Four, I think they made it the R6S for four more fucking years. Yeah. Oh, it's genius. And so many people bought it because it was like the cheap version of the fucking. Dude, they still make an R1S now. That is so fucking crazy. The only difference is electronics. I got the because I must. Hey, <laughs> like, dude, so fucking sit, fucking smart. They're still pissed off by the war. Japanese are just doing a better job than the Germans. Yeah. The Germans don't know what the fuck to do, bro. Well, I think BMW's got a good idea with 
moving along with more stylized vehicles because you don't think of BMW as a top performer in the sport bike game because one when the S1000 first came out it was banned because of all the electronics they said it was too fast for racing so they left World Superbike and then came back yeah now the new S1000 yeah it's a good bike but you've got bikes pushing 220, 230 horsepower now, and the thing only makes 207. Like, technologically-wise, it's the best bike on the market. The hands-down best sport bike for the street. You know, it's a weird... I don't, I don't know what BMW's disconnect is. Because dude, when you look at it on paper, like the Bagger, for instance... When you're comparing that to Goldwing, Roadmaster, Electroglide, yeah. all the other shit that's out on the market in that demographic, you're like, well, bar none, best bang for your buck, best engineering, best motor, best specs, best everything out of BMW. But there's still a disconnect there somehow. And it all has to come down to the human relationship you get with a bike. And or a car. Even dudes in the car scene. Like, the reason they love a particular vehicle is because it has human qualities. It's not perfect. BMWs are virtually perfect. That's why nobody can actually, like, get connected with them except for their adventure line because they have to go through the shit of putting this thing back together after beating the fuck out of it. Well, not only that, they give you that ability, that ease to turn everything off. Exactly. Which, they make a mission and a half, but still... (laughs) Well, that, that's the thing is you don't have to worry about how the brakes work. You don't have to worry about the traction control. You don't have to worry about the powertrain. You don't, you don't have to worry about anything, which pretty much makes it a utilitarian thing. It doesn't make it something you can have a relationship with yeah. until you get to their adventure lineup where, okay, this bike is so dependable, I can trust it to get me from the North Pole to the tip of fucking Africa and I know there's going to be a service station. I know there's going to be parts. I know I'm not going to have to worry about the bike breaking down, you know, every 30,000 miles. I can just keep riding, and it's just going to keep giving me what it's got every day. But then you get to their sport bike lineup. The reason people like sport bikes is because they're finicky. It's taming the beast. You look at Ducati. The reason people love Ducati is because that shit is terrifying. Your swing arm is bolted to the back of your crankcase. There's no frame. It's geared and tuned to such a point that when whenever you get past quarter throttle, it's almost full throttle. Don't get me started on Ducati. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just gonna put this out there. Harley used to own Ducati at one point in time. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but then you have the Jap- then you have the Japanese <clears throat> that come in. Hi. And. You know, Kawasaki just won World Superbike for the fifth year in a row with the ZX-10. That hasn't changed in eight years. Dude, the ZX-10 is such a fucking monster. And it's not even that it's that technologically advanced or super powerful or anything like that. It's just a well-sorted-out bike. Dude, it's... Dude, the ZX-10... My already small boy, Chris, had a ZX-10. He used to drag racing and shit. Dude, that motherfucker. When he wasn't dragging it, we ride that bitch to school. Oh, man. We were getting all... He was getting all sorts of down and dirty on that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. That thing was a fucking raped ape, bro. Well, the cool part about Kawasaki is they understand that, you know, people like to ride things that are a little dangerous. So, from the factory, you get clearance in the top end for a high-lift camshaft kit. And they advertise that. I would say Yamaha, number one, Japanese brand. Number two, Cali. I mean, Yamaha and Kawasaki are the two leading winners of no, MotoGP. Why, yeah, so. I mean, it's like, and not only that, I mean, Suzuki for a while. I can't remember, was it Suzuki or Cowie? No, Suzuki was buying bikes from Cowie and throwing their plastics on them. So for like for a few years, it was the same fucking Something thing. like that, yeah. It was some shit like that. But Somebody's Cal- going to correct me, I'm Cal- sure. Kawasaki and Yamaha have been the two leading powerhouses in racing for the last, you know, 50, 60 years. I mean, Kawasaki with the H2 ranging back from like the 70s all the way till now has been one of 
the most powerful bikes on the market that you can buy. I mean, the H2R is 300 plus horsepower supercharged. Yeah. And you have to have a racing license to buy <laughs> they it. Use, was it. They use the supercharged design from their trains. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Y'all motherfuckers make trains? <laughs> twin scroll bolted directly to the intake system. Like, well, You know how sad that was to see that one that came through the shop and to know it's never going to see the road. Oh, it's just yeah. like... Just drain hello, the oils, run it out. Yep. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like, I know. It's, bro, like, like, it's, like, it's like putting a dog away in the pound. It's like, this thing deserves to be ghost-ridden at least <laughs> once. If, it, if that's the life you're going to give it, bro, like just fucking ride it one good time, fucking get chased by the cops, and just dump that bitch in North Las Vegas, bro. Just like, yeah. <laughs> during EDC, so there's no suspicion, bro. It's just like, like, oh, just another one out in the desert. Yeah, and then you look at Yamaha, and Yamaha. dude, Yamaha is such a powerhouse in Bro. regards to engine development that they make motors for companies like Volvo. Bro, their pianos are. Yeah, dude. <laughs> musical instruments, motorcycles, I mean, side by sides, quads, um, they'll even make appliances. It's insane. So, Yamaha is a crazy powerhouse so in school yamaha and honda are across from each other mm-hmm. okay and the, there's there's two in orlando campus there's two big buildings it's like one you got suzuki cow the other one's pretty much harley's building and everybody else is around yeah so my homeboy jamal and i know i hope jamal is listening motherfucker gave me some he gave me he showed some love and respect earlier sent me to do my thing on the podcast i hope he's listening but me and this motherfucker used to get into it like dude, just try dude mmi was trash talking you find a good group of guys just to talk shit with before class and just kick it with and shit like that. Yeah. You know, it, it was a good time. And Jamal was one of those guys that fell into the group. He was like, oh, hey, what's up, dog? Oh, you, so you going over there tuning pianos, huh? You going over there tuning <laughs> motherfucking pianos. Like, just remember, homie, you fail unless you can pull that generator. It pulls it. Like, it starts with one pull. <laughs> remember, you're going to fail lawnmowers. I was like, you got to make sure you get them lawnmowers like that, that weed whacker, that fucking leaf blower, the generator. It's a good thing Mitsubishi isn't in the game. You'd be like, why don't you get that AC right? <laughs> hey, that was one of the things, but it was funny. We had these little TTRs in class. Like one time, our instructor fucking bounced out. and We were racing them bitches around. And it was, they were hating on us from over a Honda. Because we were over there having fun, riding little dirt bikes around the yeah, fucking yeah, class. Yeah. We are racing around the tables and shit. Like, bitch, get over there and fucking make sure you start that generator one pull, motherfucker. Go over there and start cutting that grass, bitch. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> they got some ass. Yamaha is probably the hands down. I would say this. If you're going to go to MMI, I would say take one Harley course, if you had the money to. One Harley course, none of that early model fucking bullshit. Because they charge people for that shit and they never fucking use it. They're, I mean, most of these guys are never going to go past the fucking Porter, let alone learn early model stuff. All the early model shit, Harley, like Knucklehead, Panhead, Evo era. The people that have been able to teach me the most have not been from fucking school, but it's between read manuals and learning from old school motherfuckers. So to me, it's a complete waste. But at least take one elective, and Yamaha to me was the best one because they had generators, they had watercraft, they had snowmo, they had sleds. So you got well wrapped. I mean, they have top form of dirt bikes, you know, well, the cr- cruises own, and shit. They own the biggest watercraft company in the world, Sea-Doo. Bro, let me tell you what. Wave Runner. Oh, we, we had this tank there called Shamu where we put the fucking, you lift the fucking jet ski up yeah. after you're done servicing or jet ski Wave Runners. Yeah, I'm always Wave Runners. Yeah. Fucking moving them in. Boop. Moving this tank. And do it like you fucking get it just right. You can wrap that bitch because most of them are all supercharged and shit. Yeah. You can wrap it and fucking shoot water out the back of the tank. And then you have somebody standing just right. <laughs> fucking drenched, bro. <laughs> and dude, it was funny. One of our instructors, he got somebody. And I think, well, I was like, my whole boy Chris got him. Oh, no. He was back there. He was just like, brought, just wrapped that bitch up. Bah! Shot a bunch of water out the back of the tank. And it's like, like mosquito infested, like oh no, University of Florida swamp water, bro. It's not like fucking like oh, it's not like smart water, Fiji mm. water. <laughs> but that was pretty fun working on watercraft. I did like that. But dude, now with that fucking orca coming out, it's like, what do you need to do, bro? Like you're talking about okay, what is it? I don't know. A turn down service is about seven fifty to eight hundred dollars if you're the type of person that takes care of their watercraft 
and does a turndown service. Yeah. The fucking startup service is about the same. So you're talking about anywhere between, just say in most shops, give them benefit of doubt, $1,200 to $2,000 a year just in fucking servicing. Say you own that bitch for four years or five years, right? Yeah. You're paying ten grand just in servicing in five years. Yep. That new fucking Orga by Taiga. It's none of that. It's like, what, what do you do? Like, oh, we just plug the fucking battery in in the winter? Yep. That's it? Well, dude, they just came out with a paddleboard. Same shit. Oh, what? Yeah, you know the stand-up paddleboards? Yeah. They got one with an electric motor. It'll do 25 miles an hour. The fuck out of here. Yeah, so you can rip around a lake. And at the end of the day, you just plug it in. Dude, future's now, motherfucker. Future's now. <laughs> Let well, me tell you what. Like, I got a robot in there vacuuming my goddamn house now. And it's like, well, that's fucked up. Why isn't it fucking million thing? And, well, guess what? I don't have to fucking goddamn sweep. Yeah, dude. dude everything's going to get easier. But, oh, there's another company that Yamaha makes motors for. Who that? And it's a company that not many people know of. It's called Noble. Noble is a supercar company out of England that use twin-turbo V8s in their cars. Now, the V8 is two Yamaha four-cylinders welded together. And Yamaha develops it for them. What? Yeah. It's two larger displacement, virtually motorcycle engines that have been welded together. Fuck out of here. And the thing makes, like, 800 horsepower. What the fuck? Not terribly reliable, because it's a company that makes their shit in a shed. But <laughs> but the motor's great. <laughs> I don't know, Harley started in a shed. Probably doesn't got much better. But <laughs> right? No, <laughs> no uh, it's alright. I'm fucking talking shit. No, I, I only say that because I was watching an uh, episode of... Uh, was a top gear before it turned into the grand tour and uh hammond the short dude yeah short little hamster um was going across multiple countries in a noble 600 and motor didn't break down no issues with chassis or suspension or anything like that but clutch kept blowing up on him Mm. and so that's another thing that comes to light is like with an electric motor, I mean, you have a slipper clutch that does all of the modulation for you, so as long as it's tuned properly, you're not going to have a failure. Oh, no, what is it? Oh, shit. Drop it. Oh, uh, was it fucking... Tesla's got a fucking something going on with their batteries. Oh, overheating? Yeah, overheating. Well, yeah, when you overclock something. It's just like when the Samsung phones started coming out and kept blowing up <laughs> it's like the s6 or s7 something like that fucking what is this law-abiding citizen right. <laughs> like, what the fuck all right man look this i guess there's a 60 limit uh 60 minute limit all right it's time to go get another beer refresh ourselves we'll be back later for more shit talking hey guys back here hope you enjoyed that little chit chat between me and Dagan uh we had a pretty good ride with Tony um we ended up running with that weird group and then we ended up breaking off because we ride a little bit harder so um had a blast and I look forward to doing a lot more of that I can I can tolerate the winter winter ride I fucking love I just don't like being fucking 115 degrees hot fuck that I could always warm up I got heated grips on the street triple I could put heated gear on I know how to put clothes on so, you know, that's neither here nor there, but it was, uh, it's definitely a great time of year to be riding here in Vegas. So one of the things I was doing this weekend was I was working on my Harley. I got a 2011 police electric live that I've been procrastinating on, uh, you know, rode it so hard. I broke it. And then I procrastinated cause I got busy being an executive, all that bullshit and just never made time, you know, plumber with leaky pipes, man, just never made time to fix my own shit. So, um, Right now, my stuff is curing up still with some uh, some trusty, dusty fucking wrinkle. And uh, hopefully, probably by tomorrow, the next day after these things cure 110%, you can 
go ahead and slap those back together and move on to the next project. I still got to do the clutch, the exhaust, um, paint the fenders, and then wire up some new turn signals and stuff because I'm cleaning up the front end. I took the light bar off, and I'll post pictures up on the Facebook and Instagram when I get it, but uh, get it all finished up for you guys. But as much as I love my my speed, I also I miss my fucking Harley too, and that's why I'm like I love everything. I think my next dirt, uh, my next adventure bike is gonna be a Yamaha uh, Tanneray 700. I fucking so far I'm like I said I'm a big Yamaha fan, always have been. So we'll see. But uh, finally, finally, time to stop procrastinating. And look, guys. Sometimes that shit happens, man. Fucking life happens. You get caught up, but sometimes all it takes is just start doing something. So, because uh, I started off this weekend by, I realized while I was organizing my tools and putting shit away that I had outgrown my Husky tool chest at the bottom. It was a 46 inch tool chest, not as deep. And I was like, well, fuck. And I noticed one of the problems we've been having in the garage was keeping shit straight on the home side, because what we do is we have a split. We have a home toolbox, which is my first shop box that I ever had working in the shop as a tech. So that's been our home box, but we've outgrown that because when you own a home, if anybody tells you you start doing shit, you accumulate tools and fucking little knickknack stuff that, dude, this shit costs money over time. So it was time to go upgrade and I decided Harbor Freight was having one of their fucking sales and I decided to go pick up a fucking big toolbox. I got a fucking 44 inch top and bottom chest for about 750 um, after the coupons, their savings. And I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, this is my tech tip or my little garage tip of the week. Do not sleep on Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight has some really good stuff out there. And I can tell you right now from operating a shop, I've done the Home Depot stuff where it's like all warranty. There's nothing like being able to walk right into the fucking Harbor Freight, be like, this is broken, can I get another one? Yeah, just go grab it. Versus I've run into stuff, no, you gotta contact the third party warranty company and blah, 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 all that bullshit, fuck all that. I wanna be able to just walk in, get my shit and get out, okay? Because my time is precious, everybody's time is precious. Ain't nobody got time for that shit, all right? So went down there, picked up this tool chest, me and the wife unloaded it, got it set up and got the other one offloaded so she can start organizing that throughout her week, you know, so because she was doing some projects, working on the chicken coop, making a fence and shit. And we're, we're pretty crafty, hands-on people. I mean, there's some shit I won't fuck with. And I will call a professional in to make sure. There's a reason why that businesses have insurance and shit. But for the most part, I try to do it myself. And look, I got a Harbor Freight workbench that I've had for three years now. I have my tool cart, which was the first thing that I bought at Harbor Freight as far as tool containment storage. It was my red tool cart because I remember one of the guys in the shop had a Matco one that he told me he paid like $700 fucking dollars for. I'm like, dude, I'm a baller on a budget. I don't have $700. Picked this one up for like $160, $170. It was like $180 with tax or something like that. Um, and look, I'm a technician that I have a mixture of tools. So a lot of my stuff is either Craftsman, Snap-on, or you know, I have Snap-on torque wrenches and Snap-on torque spits and little Snap-on things here and there. But for the most part, it's Craftsman or Pittsburgh, uh, you know, or a Husky. Because, look, Snap-on, I'm telling you from a fact, Snap-on tools will break just as easily as a fucking regular Harbor Freight fucking wrench. I've seen it. Now, yeah, Snap-on is made with a little bit better quality, blah, blah, blah. But I can tell you right now, there's a reason why I bought my Torx bits off the Snap-on truck. Because that motherfucker was there every week. And I'm like, yo, man, every week I was like, give me a new T27. Give me a new T30. Punching in, punching out. Just about every week, if not every other week during the busy season. To the point where I bought two T27s because I was going through two of them a week. <laughs> because people would over torque things. Bikes would come in from other locations. That's another story all on its own. But um, look, there's certain things that I won't get from Harbor Freight. But for the most part, there's a lot of stuff I will get. Because for the amount that you're using and abusing it, it it's... I mean, look, I've had a little mini ratchet, little 3 8 ratchet. I've had this thing for fucking 12 years and it's still cooking. You know, it's all about how you take care of your shit too. You know, if you use your wrenches like fucking hammers, well, guess what? They're not going to last long anyways. Um, but if you're using the right tool for the right job, you know, and you're taking care of your shit afterwards, well, guess what? It's going to fucking last if you take care of your shit. So that's the way I look at it. And like I said, I, for the first time, broke a flathead screwdriver. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like it was like a month ago or something. I was working on a dyna and we broke the flathead. 
And all I did was walk in and out. I was like, hey, you know, I broke this. And they're like, oh, okay, lifetime warranty. You just go get one and bring me the replacement. Like, okay, here, here you go. Oh, okay, you're good. And that was it. Versus Snap-on, guess what? Even if I do buy Snap-on, unless you work in a shop and you're on a Snap-on route, when are you going to see the fucking Snap-on guy? Like, I got Snap-on T27s and I got to give them to my friend so he can swap them out because I don't work in a shop anymore. You know, so... If you're the home mechanic and you're just doing shit on the side or like me where I'm not wrenching every day, I'm wrenching weekly, but not every fucking day. Well, then guess what? The $300 Harbor Freight motorcycle lift or the fucking $700 big ass toolbox that if I went anywhere else, I'd spend over a grand on easily $1,100, $1,200. You know, some of the fucking ratchets and shit like that, like it's not that big of a deal. You're better off saving your fucking money. And I even told the, the cashier that. She was like, oh, it's going to be 800 and something. And I had a bunch of other shit too. And I ended up getting was a bunch of free microfibers, batteries. I always get the free shit like that because I use the microfibers in here and want to wipe my bikes down and stuff. I never pay for those anymore because like my wife, she went before me to pick up some uh, gloves and stuff. So she picked up a pack and then I picked up a pack. And I know it seems frivolous, but I learned from my dad, don't, don't underestimate the game of the coupon hustle. Okay coupons other shit so take care of your shit fucking go check out harbor freight they usually have fucking sales every weekend or they have those tent parking lot sales and fucking do the damn thing all right so that's my little garage tip of the week um i want to give a shout out to this guy he messaged me on instagram and uh looking at motorcycle enthusiasts looking to get his podcast started i hope he does good Nacho, thanks for reaching out to me, man. It was uh, it was a pleasure to message with you, and hopefully in the near future we can do some collab work together on the podcast. Well, I've taken enough of your time this week, guys. It's time for me to go be a dad. And uh, uh, the kid the kid is looking at me right now. She's like, yo, dude, what's going on? We need to go have some fun. So I'm going to go do dad shit. It is Motorcycle Dad. Um, hope you guys have a good day, good week. Look, it's Monday. Don't look at it as fucking, oh, it's Monday. Look at it. It's fucking Monday, dude. Let's get some fucking shit done. So get out there. Get some stuff done. Hit me up on my social media. You're going to look me up, Moto Dad Tito, on Facebook and Instagram. It's pretty easy. Uh, Motorcycle Dad with Tito on Facebook, even if you just search it like that. But Moto Dad Tito on either one and shoot me a message. Uh, Shoot me a DM. You want to talk about anything, topics, whatever. Don't be afraid. Hit me up. I love the feedback. Gives me the energy to keep doing this. Uh, Much love and respect to everybody. Hope you have a good week. Be productive. Fucking crush it this week. Crush it, crush it, crush it. If you got my number, then you hit me up. If you don't, then you ain't supposed to have it anyways. And you know what? I'll see you when I see you. Peace.